This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Today, I want to just take a moment and just greet all of our online uh, viewers. I am so excited that you are a part of our services week after week. And I want you to do me a favor. I want to know if you're watching from another country, will you put the country in the chat box? I want to see where we're watching from. Maybe you're in another state. Will you let me know what state you're watching from? Or maybe a different county than Broward County here in Florida. We just want to see where our online audience is watching from, from all of those in the house, put your hands together. Let's welcome those that are watching virtually. Now, I want to talk to all of you that are in South Florida. If you're in South Florida and you're watching me virtually, I just want you to know we miss you. We miss you, and we want to personally invite you to come on back. Will you come on back into the, into the building? You may not feel comfortable yet, But we want you to know we miss you. We want you to be a part of it. I am so thankful that our president has lifted some restrictions. And we want you to know that we're waiting for you. And we can't wait for you to come back and worship with us. Now let me hear a big shout from everybody in the house. And everybody in the house, I want you to yell, we miss you. And we can't wait for you to come back and be a part of it. And we need you. I'm telling you, we need all of our volunteers, all uh, that have been serving. Come on back and let's just continue to believe that God is going to do greater things amongst us for his glory. Well, today you've already heard we're going to be talking about Jehovah Jireh. We've been in a series, a.k.a. looking at the names of God, a.k.a. also known as It's a way that many times uh, we can uh, refer to somebody with an alternate name. Maybe it's not their actual real name. Maybe it's an alias. Maybe it's a nickname. Maybe it's the legal name that they don't go by or a pin name, a maiden name, or a, a title, a.k.a. Well, today we're going to look at the Lord is our provider. Names are important. When we've been walking through this series, we've been looking at God's names because it's significant to understand his personality, to understand who he is in certain situations. You see, when we begin to understand someone's name, it gives us a gateway to who they are. We looked in the very first week of our service, uh, our series, I should say, that when we're looking at the names of God, What it does for us is it begins to unlock the treasures of who God is. And and it begins to help us to understand the key and the secret of how to walk a godly life. When we understand his nature, his ways, his name, it begins to create in us an all for him. And boy, we could feel it in worship today. The all of the presence of God. There are power and there is power, should I put it in the present tense, in the names of God. Shows us his nature and his attribute and his character in such a will and powerful way. And so today, we're going to be looking at probably the most popular and the most well-known, a.k.a. name of God. And that is Jehovah Jireh. Say it with me. Jehovah Jireh. Jireh. We've been singing about it today. Jehovah Jireh. It's first introduced to us in the book of Genesis. So that's where we're going to go 
to Genesis, and we're going to be looking at the story of Abraham and Isaac. Genesis chapter 22. I'm going to just kind of walk through this scripture today, so you may want to click on over there and turn in your Bibles there. We're just going to stay in Genesis 22 for the most part. Father, as we open your word now, we know it's anointed. We know, Father, it's a, it's a word that you have given to us. Your word is revelation for life. And today I pray for illumination in each and every one of our hearts. Open your word. Reveal. And Father, speak to us. And all God's people said, Genesis 22 is where we begin. Verse 1. Sometime later, what does it say? God, God what? Tested Abraham. Now that's interesting. And today we're going to look at how does God reveal to us in the tests of life? He's Jehovah Jireh, but it's so easy just to look for the blessing and forget the blesser. And here, Abraham is tested by God. You see, when you know that God is Jehovah Jireh, when you understand that he is Jehovah Jireh and what that means and what the revelation is to you, you find strength in the test of your life. You get more confident when you walk through tests. And all of us will walk through tests. Now, there's a difference between temptation and tests. Temptation is from the enemy to get you to sin. Temptation comes. Temptation's not the sin. It's the enemy's way of trying to get a foothold into your life. He comes. and He begins to mess with your desires, your wants, the, the things of this world. And the temptations are to get you to sin and break and violate the ways of God and the turn from God. But trials, trials and tests, God allows into our life. Many times he will test us and there's a purpose behind the test. And we will look at that today. Well, Abraham is going to be in a great test. For many of us, 2020 and the 21 has been a great test. Abraham here is at a crisis in his life. It's a theological test. What he's going to be asked to do doesn't make sense. It's a, a test within his family. I'm sure Abraham didn't consult very much with Sarah what God was asking him to do. <laughs> Can you imagine the promise, what they've waited for? It's a social test. What will people think if he follows through on what God is asking? What will they say about Abraham? And boy, the emotional crisis that, that Abraham is walking through. There's a lesson, though, that is underrooted through this whole story that we've got to understand. And that is that when, when God is allowing you to go through a trial and a test, and it doesn't make sense, what will we do and, and how will we perceive and will we really understand? And it's all rooted back into the name that God revealed to Abraham and that is I am Jehovah Jireh. Now it's easy to say he's Jehovah Jireh, he will provide, but you can't miss what God is revealing through this test. What he wants to show you, what's not been revealed to you yet. 
You see, many times the greatest revelations will come through our greatest tests and trials. Again, we want to get out of the test. We want to get out of the trial. We want to get on the other side of it. And we can miss the greatest revelation. And that what God wants to do. The greatest experience that God wants us to have if we miss what he's doing in the middle of it. Like Abraham, we can, we, if we don't do what Abraham will show us in this story and we start asking God, why? Why is this happening? This is crazy. What's going on? then we can miss the very thing that God is trying to show us. So it's a powerful, powerful story, and I don't want you to miss what God is doing here. Abraham is going through this crisis, and I want to look at three things I believe God is revealing and lessons and principles that we can glean from these tests and trials. If you're a note taker, I hope you've downloaded the the notes from our app The first thing that I learn as I begin to dive into this is that in the tests, the real test is will I trust God's promise and God's character? See, the greatest revelation that's going to come to Abraham and to you and I is a revelation that is built within us of who God is and the promises and the character of that which we can stand upon. Can I hear an amen? And therefore, the more we're in awe of God, the the heart of the issue is when I'm faced with a choice between uh, uh, these these tests in my life, when I'm faced with difficult circumstances and trials like Abraham, the, the real heart of the matter is am I seeking more the blessing or the blesser? See, there's a difference that's here. What will we choose? What is it? You see, Isaac was the blessing. Isaac was what God had given to Abraham and Sarah, what they had waited for. And the heart of the issue that Abraham is dealing with and that he's going to have to deal with is does the blessing mean more to me than the blesser? I'm not going to leave this point too quick because the problem is we fall in love with the blessings. We pursue the blessings. We pray for the blessings. We want the blessings. Many are in churches around the world today for the blessing. Not because of the blesser. Not because of who he is in the name and the revelation of who his character is. We're there for the blessing, for the promise, instead of who he really, really is. Well, Abraham's life, when you study it from Genesis 12 all the way to where we're going to land in 22 today, God is teaching Abraham there's one test after another test. And the test is, are you going to love me? Are you going to serve me? Are you going to trust my promises and my character? I mean, in chapter 12, we see uh, uh, Abraham is learning that God will protect him. Chapter 13, we see that Abraham is learning that God will provide for him. Maybe you'll study this this week. In chapter 14, we begin to see that Abraham is, is looking and learning that God is the owner of all things. And will you trust me with all of your possessions? You see, God wants more. 
He wants more than, 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 than just my desire to serve him because of what he gives to me. What he wants from me is my love. It's, a, it's an inner choice in the being of my fabric of everything that comes out of me that says, God, I love you and I worship you and I praise you. And it's not because of what I get from you, but because of who you are. For all of us that are parents, you know at Christmas time, you don't want your children just to say how wonderful of a parent you are and how much they love you because of all the gifts that are around the Christmas tree. No, you want the fruit of that love to be seen all year long, not just at the time that it's time to give the gift, right? And yet, so many times we're seeking, <laughs> we're seeking the blessing more than the blesser. So God wants us to learn how to be consistent and to understand who he is and his character and his ways. Look at this scripture in Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. It's a parallel passage that talks about what Abraham was talking and walking through over in the book of Romans. It says, Abraham never wavered. I mean, Abraham never wavered. He had a faith that was solid and consistent. It was something that he knew was built in the character and the promises of who God was. And so he never wavered. He had this faith that was strong. I don't know about you, but my prayer is, God, give me that kind of faith. Give me a faith that never wavers. And how can I have that kind of faith is when I know and understand the promises of who you are and, and, and the character of who you are and what you have promised and what you are showing. I can have that kind of faith that will never waver. Abraham never wavered in what? Believing God's promise. May it be said of you. In fact, his faith grew stronger. Just say, yes, Lord. His faith grew stronger, and this, and in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced. The question is, are you? Are we? He was fully convinced that God is by the way, that's another name of God we won't go into right now. But God is able to do whatever he promises. You see, in the test, we've got to remember the promises and the character. If we do, our faith won't waver. If we do, our faith will grow stronger. If we do, in fact, let me say it another way. It's a characteristic that you have a strong faith and that you're a maturing believer and that your faith is not wavering. You're not up and you're not down. He says here, he was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promised. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. My prayer for all of us is that we will have this kind of faith, the evidence of our faith that is fully convinced that God is able to do no matter what it is, what may seem impossible, it may not even make sense, God is able. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you fully convinced? You see, it's the test, the test of God's promise and the test of his character. 
Now, the names of God, by the way, reveal the character of God. God reveals himself to you in different circumstances and situations, and it's a revelation of who he is, and you begin to understand his character, and when you understand his character, and you understand promises that he's given to you about who he is and what he will do for you, those things hold you in the test. The second thing I come to understand about this passage that we're going to go on and read about is that God says in the test, what he's really testing is will I trust even when it doesn't make sense? Look at verse 3. In verse 3 of Genesis 22, it says early, well, let me go back to verse 2. I don't know if they have it on the screen, but back to verse 2. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Morah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will tell you about. Early the next morning, no delay, no, no debating, no questioning. Early the next morning, Abraham got up. He got up and he saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his, of his servants, two of his employees, and he took his son Isaac. When he, had, when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offerings, he set out for the place God had told him about. You see, the test in, in these moments is do I trust him? Do I trust him even when it doesn't make sense? And all of us are going to have times in our life, in our journey uh, uh, with God, in our, in our journey through life, where things are not making sense and things that are happening doesn't make sense. And in those moments, what God is really testing is our trust. And that trust is linked to another word, and that is our obedience. You see, delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. The question is, are we walking in a faith that's built in the character and the promises of God and we are not wavering and because we're not wavering, even when things don't make sense, we trust him. We trust him. When I went to the mission field my wife and I, when we went especially to the nation of Austria and we began to work with Nigerians, I have to tell you, the Nigerians hold on to this principle probably better than any culture I've ever seen. Things can be falling apart. Everything is, is, is just collapsing around. Life can be just at the very brink of, 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 of just like there's no way out. And they're going to stand there with God will provide. God will see me through this. God is in control. My faith and my confidence is in God. And I'm telling you, that's the kind of faith that God wants when we walk through these tests and what God was doing with Abraham was he was drilling it and he was enabling Abraham to take a hold of it. It doesn't make sense, but what God was testing was his commitment. Does he recognize his promise? Does he know his character? Does he allow God to begin to do something that's going to bring a greater blessing in the end? We're going to see. When you know God as Jehovah Jireh, and there is something in you that says, I know in whom I've believed, because you know Jehovah Jireh, it gives you a strength even when things don't make sense. So if you're taking notes, do I trust him? If you're in a life group, that's a good question. In what ways has God tested my trust? Do I know? 
do I know that I know that I know that no matter what is happening around me and when I don't know the whys, I'm still going to trust him. I don't know why, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I'm still going to trust him. Even in the contradictions of life, I'm going to trust him. There's nothing wrong with asking why. In the middle of what we're walking through, we can ask God why, but it doesn't change how I feel about him if I know in whom I believe and that he is Jehovah Jireh. The why. Why did I get fired from my job? The whys of life. Why did my loved one die? The whys. Why did this relationship end? Why hasn't a relationship begun? Why, God? Now, I'm not dealing with the issue of temptation and sin. That's different. Remember, there's a difference between temptation and trials and tests. Temptations are from the enemy. But I'm talking about trials. I'm talking about tests. I'm talking about when we're walking through tribulation and we're walking through those things in our life. Is there something that is in you that says, God, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. But I believe in your promise and I believe in your character. And therefore, God, I'm going to stay strong in whom I believe in. Man, it's so powerful to know that even when God doesn't have the answer, even when I don't understand all of the questions that are going on, I don't have an explanation that's before me, that God, you are not required to give me an explanation. You are God, and I am not, and I'm going to trust you even when I don't understand what's on the other side of this. You see, thus is the problem. The problem is, is you and I want an explanation for everything. We want it to make sense. We want it to fit together. And not only do we want it to fit together, but we want it to fit together the way we want it to fit together. And can I tell you, God doesn't owe you and I an explanation, and God will not always give us an explanation. He is supreme. He is Adonai. He is almighty God. And we've got to remember who he is and who we are. We didn't create him, he created us. And every now and then, we just gotta get things back in order and say, God, you are Adonai, you are supreme. And yes, you are Jehovah Jireh, but that doesn't mean I demand anything from you because God, you are the almighty one. But I want explanations. I want God to tell me, and therefore, if it doesn't fit in the realm of explanation, sometimes I begin to question, I begin to reject, I want out of it. What God was showing is that there is required in our walk with him an absolute sacrifice that is made to him. Man, God. God, help us. See, the problem is you can't explain every issue. You can't and you won't have all the whys, the winds, the hows in your life. That's what's called living by faith. Not living by logic, not living by rational, uh, just uh, uh, realities. And, and yes, we have wisdom that God's given to us and we use discernment that comes from the spirit. But there are some things that are in the realm of faith that we just don't understand. And these trials might be adverse and, and, and there's things that are, might be happening around. But it really reveals to me and it reveals to you and I, where is my spiritual state and where are the roots of my faith so that 
that no matter what's happening, even if I don't understand it, I am fixed and I am solid and I am not going to be upturned because I know in whom I believe. You see, human, human tests that we may go through, and in human tests, the secret is knowing all of the answers. But in God's test, the secret is knowing that he has all the answers, is knowing that he is in control. And boy, the revelation that I've learned, and I see it in this scripture, is that new revelation, new discovery, new realms of experience, a new level of anointing, a new place and a new position of what God is wanting to do is always connected to some kind of crisis in our life. There's a trial. There's a crisis. There's something that comes that that shakes us and, and moves us and presses us. The secret comes back to this point of, do I trust even when it doesn't make sense? This is the mark. This is the mark of true discipleship. And we're living in a day and an age where true discipleship is vital for our lives. Look here in verse five. He said to his servant, stay here, How could he have this kind of trust? Well, it comes out of verse five. Stay here with the donkeys for a while. I'm gonna go with Isaac and I'm gonna go over there. We will worship and then we'll come back to you. (laughs) Pastor, how how do I get this kind of trust in the test? And I've learned I gotta have it before the test. But, but, but how do I develop that kind of trust when things don't make sense? Well, it's found right there. We will worship. We're gonna go to the mountain. We're gonna surrender. We're gonna go to almighty God and we're gonna lift up our prayer and our praise and our adoration to the one that can get us out of this because I can't get out of it right now and I don't know what to do and I don't know why God's asking this, but God, I'm gonna trust you even when it doesn't make sense. How can he do that? Is he had learned to surrender to God. He had learned to yield it. It was rooted in his worship and in his surrender. And worship is more than just the music that happens on the stage. Worship helps us. But worship is surrendering. Worship is yielding. Worship is giving over who you are to who he is. That which you, uh, uh, that's what you'd see in him and saying, God, I want you to develop that in me. Worship. It's coming back to the desire of the blesser more than the blessing. It's coming back and saying, God, I'm in awe of you and I worship you and I'm gonna put you first in everything in my life. My heart, my love, my life is everything given to you, oh God. And we learn to worship. Look at verse seven. Let's go a little further. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father, Yes, my son, Abraham replied. Well, the fire, uh, the, the, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb and the burnt offering. 
You see, Abraham knew this was a situation where God was going to provide. He couldn't do it. He wasn't going to do it, but he was trusting. It's not humanly possible in what was going to happen. You see, we already read, Abraham fully was convinced. He believed that even if he followed through on what God was asking, that God would resurrect Isaac from the dead. There was a faith in him that, that believed that God was not gonna let the promise die. And I'm here to tell you today, the promise will not die. You've got to believe it and you gotta hold on to it and you gotta pray for it. And you gotta walk towards it. Look at verse nine. When they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar. The question is, are we building altars? Nights ablaze is a building altar times. Encounters are building altar times. Times where we get alone with God are building altars. There he built an altar. He arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac. By the way, Isaac, most theologians would say, is between the age of a teenager to a young adult. Somewhere between 14, 15, maybe even as old as 30 years old. Not only did Abraham have faith, Isaac had faith as well. He was going to the altar believing the promise that was given to the father through the generations that was going to come. Some of you are sitting here today, you've had godly parents and godly grandparents. You're watching me today, someone's been praying for you for years and years and years and years and years. I'm telling you, the promise is about to be resurrected in your life. Man, he built an altar and he lays him on it. And as he lays him on the top of the wood, the Lord reached, uh, uh, then he reached out his hand and he took the knife and he was about to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord, which is a, a, a revelation of Christ in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord cried out to him from, Ab from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Good thing Abraham had his spiritual antennas going. Good thing he'd been to the mountain and he'd worship. Can I hear an amen? He heard him in that moment, in the trial and in the test. And he said, here am I, Abraham said. Man, it's powerful. Right there in that moment, Abraham says, here am I. Look at verse 12. It takes us right into the final point. He says, do not lay a hand on the boy, the Lord said. Don't do anything don't do anything to him because now I know. Now God is omniscient. See, this wasn't a test for Abra for God. This was a test for Abraham. But God was saying, now I know that your fear and you fear me. I know of your fear for God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. See, the last and final point that I'll wrap up with today, I'm gonna to invite our musicians back, is in the test, the real test, is will you surrender the Isaacs in your life? Now I know. See, the test wasn't for God. Again, it was for Abraham, and it was, do you love me? Do you know me as almighty God? Do you believe in my promise? Do you believe my character? You see, Abraham could set out immediately without debating and, and questioning and, and bargaining with God. He could set out immediately. Why? Because he trusted the character of God, and this was inconsistent with the character of God. 
What you may be going through right now is inconsistent for the character of God. And therefore, you can trust God in it and you can surrender unto the Lord. It's a test of our obedience that says, God, I surrender to you and I know because I know who you are. I know what you've done before. I know what you've done for others. I've heard the testimonies of many. And God, I believe that you can do it for me. In fact, God, I'm saying it's my turn, God. I'm seeking you, but I'm needing you to release that blessing into my life. It was a confidence that was built there. A confidence that comes out of the names of the Lord that God will protect, God will provide. If you give him his, your, 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 your profession, your possessions, all these peas are going to twist my tongue. But if you give it all to him, the reality is that God begins to bring things into alignment. So the question, maybe it's a life group discussion question if you're in a life group. If you're not, I encourage you to jump in to a life group. Get a part of a small group that's studying and applying the word of God. And and how do we live it beyond just the preaching of, of the word? But the real question is, will you trust him with everything and everyone in your life? No matter what it is, we all have Isaacs. But you're not willing to surrender. The the reality is you may lose in the end anyway. Are we going to surrender it to him? Let me go on with our verse. I I just want to wrap up. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. See, when you're willing to trust God, when you surrender to God, the Isaacs of your life, The reality is right there. You see, Abraham didn't see it. It hadn't been revealed to him yet. And the lesson that I learned long ago is when I'm walking through these moments that don't make sense, if I trust the promise, if I trust his character, if I continue to hold on to who he is and what I know, The reality is God will bring me through and there is a revelation that's going to come on the other side. You see, it was right next to him, but he didn't see it. It hadn't been revealed to him yet. So in the thicket, he saw a ram that was caught by his his horns and he went over and he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place Jehovah-Jireh. And to this day, it's a reminder that on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God revealed it. It was right there. It was right there. And God opened his eyes and God showed him. Man, I'm telling you, When we begin to come to a place in our life that says, God, you're going to see me through. I don't know what the ram is and I don't know where it is, but God, I'm trusting that you're going to provide. In fact, the word provide literally means uh, in the original that God will show it to you. He will reveal it to you. It may be right next to you and you can't see it because God's not revealed it. 
It may be in your house and you don't see it. You don't, you don't understand it yet. And God reveals it. But the reality is he doesn't reveal it until we come to this place of passing this test, so to speak, of my trust in the Lord. Another word linked to God showing it is that there is a provision that God will, 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 will give to you. Not only will he show it to you, but he's going to provide it for you. So Abraham looks up and he sees the ram in the thicket. What did he see? He saw God when he worshiped, when he surrendered. He saw more than the blessing, more than Isaac. He saw God and he put his faith and his trust in the Lord. Today I'm telling you that's the principle that God will reveal. It may be right next to you and it's not been revealed to you, but God's going to if you'll remain focused on him. If you'll stay focused on him and you'll continue to trust him, then God will begin to walk you through and he'll see you through and you're gonna see the ram in the thicket on the other side. Can I just hear an amen? Jehovah Jireh. The last few verses is the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant is a covenant for generations. I'm not going to unpack it. It's deep. It's theological. But it was linked back to the promise. The promise was tested. And as Abraham walked through that test, knowing and trusting God, even when it didn't make sense, and willing to surrender the Isaac of his life, literally, for you and I, it's the Isaacs of our life. On the other side, God came back again and he revealed the Abraham covenant one more time. And as I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna bless your, your children for generations. We sing it, the song of Revelation, for generations and generations and generations. It's a covenant and we take hold of that covenant. By the way, Abraham and Isaac is what's called a typology in the Old Testament. It's a revelation of Christ. And in this revelation of Christ, we see the typology of Abraham offering his son. He's offering Isaac as we've been studying. And it's a picture of God offering his son for you and I, Jesus Christ. We look at the story all the way through it and we see the sacrifice of Isaac is a symbol. It's a picture. It's a prophecy of what yet to come. For you and I, at that time, we now understand it after the fact of what Jesus did on Calvary. And by the way, if you go to Israel with us, you will see this Mount Moriah where he goes to, to, to sacrifice Isaac is the same place now that the temple was built. And it's just right off of that where Jesus was crucified. It's a typology. We're seeing Christ revealed in the Old Testament. And it reveals to you and I what Jesus would be for us. And we come to this end uh, and, and we begin to say, God, thank you because of what you provided for us. You provided for, for, for Abraham and you provided for us. And we thank you for that. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.